Born in the Bronx, raised in Queens, and now living in L.A., K.B. Tendall is a veteran independent hip-hop journalist and creator of Tent TV. In his mission to leave a mark on the culture and make hip-hop proud, he regularly contributes to Validated Magazine, and you can catch his podcast, The Essence with K.B. Tendall, on 89.9 FM and most podcast platforms. It's good talking to an old friend. This is JLP number 47 with Mr. K.B. Tendall. Black rap is the way. Love. Yeah. Man, I'm out here giving trace to the poor man. What the fuck do y'all betray? Been called bro by niggas that I don't fuck with all the way. I'm old school, Daddy J. At Rucker Park today, I'm Kyrie. What's up, brother? What's good, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I can't complain, man. Yeah, you complain. Come on. Nah, man. Nobody would listen to me if I did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I try not to, man. How's Cali treating you? It's good, man. It's hot. It's hot out today, but it's, it's good, man. I can't complain. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'll, actually, I'll actually be back. I'll be I'll be in New Jersey next week. And oh, really? New, yeah, probably New York for like maybe only like a day. Um, but I'll be in New Jersey to see my kids and whatnot. So okay yeah. so i'll be back i'll be back east for about a week nice nice well let me know when you're coming through man if we can make it maybe we'll get together maybe we'll do something yeah man how's everything with you man i'm just like you i can't complain yeah man because uh <laughs> just like you said nobody's listening exactly <laughs> had a little had a little night like the little uh my son's having like an issue going to bed he doesn't want to go to bed now oh yeah Mom, mom's, mom's starting to yell and whatnot. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to have to cancel this stuff, man. Welcome to the life of having kids, man. <laughs> it only gets better from here, though. It does, man. It does. It's yeah. like even even like the worst days, like when they're over, you say, ah, oh, this was still a good day. It was still a good day, man, even on yeah. the worst day. Absolutely. It's still a, it's, it's still a good day. Well, yeah. the, the talk like I'm I'm reading that they're talking about like cutting off your water or some shit like that in 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 Cali. Not in my area. We didn't hear anything about that. No. Or like or like trying to get you to like cut down your water use or some something like they're, that. They're always doing that. There's always a drought in California, so they always try to get you to use less water. But okay, nothing ever really comes of it as far as like them cutting off people's water or anything like that. At least not while I not since I've been here. Okay. Yeah. Now you got. Now you guys did have like rolling blackouts after a while, right? Not in my. We haven't had a blackout in my area either. Oh really? Okay. I'm in. I'm in. So, I'm in SoCal. I'm in Southern California. Okay. So I'm like, I'm like forty minutes away from LA, and I'm like an hour and a half away from San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in SoCal, man. Only thing it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking rain out here, man. That song, that Tony, Tony, Tony song. That shit is true as hell, man. It never rains <laughs> in Southern California, man. I swear to God, man. <laughs> the weather's always the same, though. Yeah, it's always yeah, pretty much. It, even in the wintertime, it gets a little cold, but I mean, it's that's it's nothing compared to New York, man. You may get thirty degrees, forty degrees. But are that's you? About it. But are you like California cold now? Like, nah, if you, nah. Like, well, if you, like if you came back to New York in Feb in January. Would you just I would like die? I, I would hate it, but I've always, I've always hated the cold. I've always uh -huh. hated the snow. I've always hated the cold. Like once I hit like my twenties, like maybe twenties, like thirties, like I, I started hating the cold. I started hating the snow. Like when we were younger and we played football and all that shit, like yeah. it didn't bother me. But 
once I hit like my 30s, man, I was like, yo, this cold is for the birds, man. I know. <laughs> once, those, once those joints start uh, closing up and stuff, it's like, yeah, oh, I know exactly now what it's even Now it's even worse, man. Yeah, I would I would hate being back east in the cold. It's it's pretty as hell to look at, but that's about it. Yeah, it's definitely gorgeous to look at. I'll, I'll give you that. Absolutely. Navig navigating through anything else is like, it's totally fucking yeah, bullshit. When I'm shoveling snow, I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is like, this ain't the days when you were like making money from the snow yeah and that's another thing people don't do anymore i, I noticed the, like the last few snowstorms we had here we had a winter when we you know where it snowed quite a bit right right you don't see young kids out there shoveling snow that was it's, our hustle man it's we like a shame. oh my god that's like <laughs> at least that's at least like a hundred bucks you could put in your pocket these kids today the hundred dollars to them is nothing man that's like that's chump change to them nowadays man yeah <laughs> They can't even get a pair of sneakers for a hundred dollars today. <laughs> I, I'm imagining what it's going to be like when my son grows up. My son's he, my oh, son's yeah. my son's three. Yeah, yeah. So when he when he starts hitting the double digits and starting, yeah. said, "Hey, I need these. Hey, I need that." Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have two. I have two. I have two younger daughters. I have two adult kids, mm -hmm. but then I have two younger daughters. One is eight and one is ten, and I'm already worried about when they turn eighteen or nineteen. What it's gonna be like? Ten minutes. You better hit up these dudes you're interviewing. Just so <laughs> say, "Yo, man, would you hook me up some of that gear you got, man?" <laughs> Shoot, I got kids. <laughs> By the um, way, man, your 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 show, the Essence Show, is like it it it's Spitfire, man. It really it really is awesome, you, man. man. I'm really really happy you were able to put that together because the, con the content you're putting out is absolutely fantastic, man. Where where are you finding these artists? I find most of my artists through Instagram, um, or if I go out, like out here, if I go out to a local event mm -hmm. and I see an artist perform that I really like, or I hear the music that I really like, um, then I, I basically, you know, tap into that artist. I talk to them, let them know, look, I'd like to get you on my show, you know, do an interview with you. Um, and Instagram is like the easiest place to really get them. You know what I mean? If you yeah. can get them to respond to a, to a DM, you know, chances are you can you can pretty much get them, you know, get get them on a show. I mean, okay. that's that, that's usually my go to. But I do meet a lot of artists, you know, out out and about as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do they come do are a lot of them? I guess now the landscape is changing now. Now that everything's is getting like somewhat back to normal and stuff like that. People are doing their fair share of traveling. So are they hitting L.A.? Are they? I'm, I'm assuming they're hitting LA, yeah. Southern California, and Oakland and stuff yep. like that. Everything is opening up again, man. So they're starting to do a lot of shows, you know. And I'm close to Santa Ana, which is like a small town, but it's a town that's widely known for its artistic heritage. Oh, really? So, okay. So, so there's a lot of, you know, like regular artists, you know, draw that draw or paint, you know, graffiti artists as well. And then there's a lot of music artists in that area. There's a lot of little bars and clubs in that mm -hmm. whole area you know where, where where people come to perform and stuff like that so so there's usually a lot going on in that area too um anaheim has the house of blues so you know you get a lot of artists there um there's also um in santa Ana, what's the um i mean i can't remember the name of the place right now but it's it's huge like every artist that comes through santa Ana, they go to this particular spot and they perform okay. it'll probably come to me later in the interview but right now i can't remember it off the top of my tongue but um, but yeah, man, it's it's a it's a you know it's a good area, man, where a lot of people come through. A lot of people come through and perform, and it's a good place to meet people and, and connect and do some networking. Absolutely. And and what brought you? Remind me now, because we we probably had this conversation before. 
But mm-hmm. remind me what brought you out to California? I, I, I went through a divorce, man, to keep it simple. Like, I, I went through a divorce, and after my divorce, man, well, even before I divorced, like, I went through a separation, mm-hmm. and and I just needed a change, man. I needed to do something different, man. I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling my, my ex-wife at the time. I wasn't feeling uh-huh. the whole vibe of, of New York and, and having to start all over there. So I said, you know what? Let me take a trip out to Cali. I had a friend out here who was from New Jersey. Okay. So, so I came out here to visit him. And the rest is fucking history, man. Like I just ended up staying. I ended up staying out here. You know, I got a good job like like a month after I got out here. And I've been at that same job almost six years now, man. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was that was the that was the turning point for me. What it seems that once you hit that, if like if you hit that vibe in Southern California where you can, like you said, you know, you get get a steady job and you get your mm-hmm. footing somewhere, it's probably now just hard to leave now. Even if you wanted it to, it is. Even if I wanted to, it, it's definitely hard to leave because I actually love my job. Like most people, don't get up every day and say I love my love their job, but I yeah. actually love my job. Um, it's 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 not a really a high stress job or anything like that. They treat us they treat us great. You know what I mean? Um, the money is good. You know, so it, it, for me, I'm I'm comfortable where I'm at here. Okay. Um, I don't know if I want to retire in California though. I think it's a little bit too expensive for yeah. that, you know. So I'm thinking in terms of retirement, maybe going over to Vegas or maybe Arizona, you know, okay. because the cost of living is a lot cheaper mm-hmm. in those two states as opposed to California, and it's right next door to California. You know right. what I mean? Like Arizona's like five hours, and Vegas is like four hours, so it's they're like right there, you know. Um, so yeah, so thinking further on down the road, down the line, when it comes to retirement time, I, I don't know if I want to be in California, but for right now. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that, that's the same sentiments. I spoke another friend of mine. She's a uh, she's an oil painter and 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 she's a, she's a visual artist. And mm-hmm. she pretty much said the same thing. Like she doesn't see herself. Like she likes California. She loves staying in California. Right. But like lo- like long term, when you start hitting that, you know, hitting that age where yeah. you know, like your days are a little bit slower and they're a little yeah. bit longer, and it's like, uh, you know, yeah. Absolutely, it's not a place to stay, not a place yeah. to retire to, but uh, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it while you're there. Yeah, absolutely. Even when I lived in New York, I didn't want to retire in New York. I didn't want to retire someplace cold. Yeah, you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm that. I'm in that now. Yeah. I used to. I'm like a lifelong New Yorker. Every time I left, I always yeah. come back. Yeah. Now me I'm too. like, you know what? The next time yeah. I leave, I'm, I'm not. I'm not coming back. Yeah, so. me too. Every time, every time I left, I would always find my way back to New York. You know, or either I was right across the bridge. I was in New Jersey. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because that's where I, you know, I raised my first two kids in New Jersey, you know. But um, but yeah, man. As as I got older, even even like I, even when I was younger, but as I was getting older, I was telling myself, I don't I don't want to get old in in New York, man, where it's cold and you got to deal with the snow and it's just it's just not cool when you're when you're when you're pushing seventy, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, and you got to worry. Yeah, yeah. There's man. like two months, at least two months out of the year, which you got to worry about. Can you get around and stuff? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and as we've said before, there's no kids that have kind of come around and shovel the damn snow for you. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> so, it's, so you got to be up by your damn self. <laughs> what, what what is your um what is your relationship now with uh with uh with validated in eighty nine nine eighty nine point nine FM? I'm still doing everything with Validated Magazine, man. I still do interviews with with various artists. Um. Actually, the special ed interview that I did, which I haven't posted yet, but I'm going to be posting that one. I thought um, I was missing something. Yeah, 
I I'm, thought I missed it because I remember you talked about it and I was yeah. like, wait a minute, did I miss a freaking episode? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to put that up. Um, and all the ones that you've seen me post are just ones that I have with artists, with, with various artists. Right. There's still a bunch of other shows, but it was just me and a co-host and we just talked about various topics. So those are ones that I'm not necessarily posting. I'm really posting the ones that I'm doing with, with artists. Okay. Um, but like I said, the special ed one is one that I'm going to put up. Uh, and he's also going to be on the cover of Validated Magazine. So I'm going to transcribe that interview uh, into something that's written as well uh, for the magazine. And then I'm trying to lock, I've been trying to lock down Drez from Black Sheep. From Black Sheep, okay. Yeah, we actually spoke today. We actually spoke Sunday. But he was, he was so busy Sunday. He was dealing with his mom and he had his son with him. And he's like, look, I don't want to rush the interview. I want to get it right. And I'm like, I feel the same way. Let's get it right. So we so we were scheduling, we're rescheduling on that. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, but he's gonna be another one. Um, Validated magazine, man, is just an outlet for me to, you know, to to, to get my writing out there and, and to to stay current with the people. The the magazine is sort of like in the vein of what I like. Um, you know, like I'm I come from the era of nineties and two thousands hip hop. Um, you know, the magazine is 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 real focused on the people that, if you ever notice, the people that Validated Magazine covers are, are mostly lyricists. You yes. know, like these guys actually spit, these guys actually yes. rhyme. You know, um, not saying anything against any of the artists that are out there today that, that don't consider themselves lyricists, but they just consider themselves more musicians and you, they deal, rely more on the hooks of right. songs as opposed to the lyrics in the songs. Um, but not all of them, some of them do. But um, but yeah, validators is more in that vein, man. You know, like we cover newer artists, but we cover artists that really got something to say, you know. And that was one of the things that I liked about, you know, working with validated. Um, and uh, Live eighty nine FM, uh, same deal. Like the show airs on validated radio, which which airs on Fridays, uh, and Mondays. I'm sorry, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from ten a.m. to uh, twelve p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So um, yeah, so my segment. It, it comes on in the middle of that show. So it's usually, my segment's usually about a half an hour, 45 minutes. So I keep right. my interviews to about that, to about that long. But mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, those are both both really good outlets, man. Um, they, they, you know, the numbers are good, you know, as far as the people that tune in. Um, and yeah, man, it's just, it's just a good way to get stuff out there, man. You know what I mean? And for me, man, it just keeps me, it keeps me in the game. You know what right. I mean? Like I've, I've always been in the music, man, since I was a kid and, you know, growing up, I did a lot of poetry and I rapped a lot and right. you know stuff like that. And and this is just my way of like just staying connected to the industry. You know, when, when did you get your first gig as a as a like like a hip hop journalist? Because that's uh, I mean, I, I I I remember you growing up and I remember you doing your thing. But then I then we lost contact for a while, and then all right. of a sudden you were working for a radio station and then you were working for a magazine. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, this dude just like. Yeah, yeah. All, of a sudden, um, all of us all of a sudden became the mouthpiece of him. <laughs> um, nineteen ninety seven, man. Um, um, I started working for WBLS radio station, and actually, it was a magazine that an ex girlfriend of mine and her dad and myself we we put this magazine together. We pitched it to Hot ninety seven. They didn't want it. We pitched it to WBLS. They 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 bit the bait, um, and they helped us finance it. And we put out a magazine called Inner City Magazine. And I, I started off as the music editor for that magazine. Okay. Um, and it ran for four years. It ran from 97 to 2001. 
Uh, and then after 2001, I went over to hiphopdx.com, which is one of the premier hip hop websites that's out now. They've been out for, you know, for over 20 years or about one of the, one of the first, right? Yeah, they, they were one of the first big ones. Yeah, Hip Hop DX were one of the first big ones. So I wrote for them for from probably about 2001 to probably about 2005. Um, and along the way, I, I wrote for a lot of other little magazines. I wrote for Parlay Magazine. I wrote for Floss Magazine. I did cover stories with 50 Cent. I did a lot. I did a lot of stuff. I did Mob Deep. I did Ti. You know, so a lot of a lot of your major major artists. Uh, you know, I, I did back in the early 2000s. Um, and then from 2000, about 2006 or 2007 to about 2012, 2013, I wrote for a magazine, uh, an online magazine called Yo Raps, which was out of mm -hmm. Germany. So I did a lot of work with them. And then 2013, I went over to Hip Hop Vibe, which is one of the premier sites that's out there now. I was the content editor for them for about three years. And then in 2015, I started 10 TV. Okay. Okay. So that's a lot. So that's a lot of footsteps, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I always, always worked a regular job and, you know, and, and just, like I said, I always had a love for hip hop, man. Like, like I, I live and breathe it, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so for me to, to have an outlet to actually, express my thoughts about music that I really enjoy listening to and to give my voice to it, man. That was, you know, that was the catalyst to me becoming a writer. You know, when, did you, did, did so, and did you go to, did you go to school for writing? Did you go to school for journalism or anything like that? Or I is this something that you just picked up? I studied radio and television arts um, at Iona College. Well, it was a subsidiary of Iona College. It was called Elizabeth Seton College and it was in Westchester. Um, so I went there and I studied radio and television art and I kind of minored in journalism. I didn't really have a, it, it wasn't really, it wasn't really like a, a minor that I actually like, like what, like record wise, it wasn't on the record as right, me being right. a journalist, but I took a lot of journalism courses, took a lot of English courses and writing courses and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so, um, so I, I did that when I was in school and then from there, like I said, in 97, you know, the whole wbls inner city magazine came right. out because inner right. city magazine is wbls is the inner city broadcasting system so that's right. how we got the name inner city um and yeah that's where it, that's where it started man 1997 that's where it started from. nice and so you get and you have like a nice collection of articles and one of the things i like I've, I've read a few of your articles and one of the things i like about your articles is that for some reason a lot of people who uh write about hip-hop mm -hmm seem to think that they need to themselves act like they are a hip-hop artist right <laughs> and so and so they write as if they're writing in code or they write as if they're writing like lyrics and beats and you can you can right. see like ambit pentameter in, in their beats and stuff like that and right. it's almost right. like sing-songing in their writing you take a real journalistic approach to to what you're writing and it, and it's and it's and it's very basic and it's and it's I don't want to say it is an insulting way that it's that it's simple, right. but it's you you, you kind of just like break it down to the nuts and bolts of what where you're getting at, and you don't make it like a sing songy, yeah, yeah just like I a mean, thing. Like a lot of people try to butter it up and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I've never been one of those writers that that wants to, you know, use excessive huge words that people may have to yeah. do or get yeah. a disconnect. <laughs> like I just want to give you the bare bones. Like this person is this person is talented. This is what they're doing. 
this is what you should look out for um and i and i, I try to keep it as simple as that man because I, I my my goal is to anybody that i write about if you don't already know about them my goal is to turn you on to them yeah you know what i mean so i don't want you to get lost in the writing you know what i mean i want the writing to make you want to actually listen to that person right you know so that's that's the that's the approach that i take man i keep it simple i keep it straightforward i try not to convolute it with a bunch of mess man and 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 yeah man i just keep it straightforward man well you you've done that with with a few artists because because of you i've got like two or three different people now on my radar that i'm listening to all the time Every, anybody out of buffalo i'm oh yeah i'm just, I'm just down with yeah <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what they put in in buffalo but they're just like <laughs> That's just a different breed of yeah, of, man. of, of yeah. people out there in Buffalo. Yeah. And also, you mentioned this lady Chica. Yeah, Chica, man. She Who is? Oh Alabama. my god! I think she's, yeah, she's from the South, like from Alabama or something. Yeah, like that. I think Alabama. If I'm not and mistaken, like she is just like yeah, like she's Chica is what I thought hip hop was going to become. Mm. You know, mm. I thought that we were evolving there, but we kind of like skewed off as as far as like what the what the uh, most popular artists are going to be. We right. sort of like we could like skewed off and went into something else. But this is like she follows that Lauren Hill vein, and mm -hmm. and, and and I thought that's what we were becoming, but we kind of like shut off lost, and we went somewhere we got else. Lost a little bit along the way, man. The music has got diluted, and you know, I mean, as much as I love the culture, I would love to see. I don't even like to say conscious rap because that's trying to put it in a box. Yeah, I would just love to see artists talk about something more when they rap. You know, like we can only have but so many cars, we can only have but so much jewelry, yeah. we can only have but so many women. You know, you got there's got to be more to the craft than 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 just that. Yeah, you know, which is why I look out. I look for people like Chica. I'm I'm a big Royce the Five Nine head. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. Royce is in, incredibly lyrical, man. You know, and these are artists that when you talk about, you talk about people when they when they say, "Oh, well, who's your top five MCs, dead or alive?" Like somebody like Royce the Five Nine is never in that category, and he should be. You know what I mean? So it's people like that, you know, and then newer people like Chica that I look for, and I and I'm like. Like, yo, these are, this is what hip hop is to me, man. This is right. what it could be about, you know? And like I said, that's not, that's not a knock on anybody, you know, young that's making music today because there's a lot of great artists out there that I, that I rock with as well. Um, but the ones that you see me post are the ones that I'm like, yo, somebody else needs to hear this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Chica flew under the radar. She's actually signed to um, Warner Brothers Records and she put out, I think she put out an album or an EP or two albums, something to that effect. Um, and, and she kind of like flew under the radar, man. Like, like she's got a million followers, but people don't even, you know, a lot of people yeah. don't know, have no clue who she is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah. So when I posted her, man, it's like, yo, this girl is, she's the truth, man. Singing, rapping, like you said, in that Lauren Hill vein, you know, where a lot of guys couldn't test her on the mic. No, a lot of guys can't test her like, and she's so it's it's it. She comes across as so honest. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. she comes across as her. Like you yeah. don't you don't see any. Like there's so many artists right now when they say <laughs> when they say something, mm -hmm. you 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 automatically go all right. Well, that's just yeah. You, you're just doing a little bit of wordplay, but but <laughs> I mean, like I'm. I'm Chica's probably exhausted after doing the show because she's probably spent probably. not only just lyrically but emotionally as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She puts a lot into her music, man, and that's what I love, man. I, I, I'm a big fan of honesty. You know, 
honesty sells when it comes to music. Mm -hmm. People want to hear your pain. They want to hear your struggles. They want to hear your joys. They want to hear your triumphs. You know, that's the stuff that people, you know, that, that music is made of. You know, people want, they want to listen to music that they can identify with when they're going through something. You know what I yeah. mean? So that's, that's, the, that's the shit that they want to hear, man. And for me, that's that's me, man. That's, that's the stuff that I want to hear that's going to remind me of something that I went through and how I persevered and how I got through it or, you know, or anything like that, man. I think that's, you know, that's what music is, man. That's what it should be. No. Yeah, that's what it should be. Not too many people are doing that, though. I mean, so many people are just are 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 doing the 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 cars and the jewelry and. The, and but that's hip hop. You're gonna get that. You know, that's that's most hip hop artists. That's what they. You know, they, you, they. You know, you coming from the hood. You get some money. The first thing you're gonna do is get some jewelry. You're gonna get some cars. You're gonna buy some right. property. You know, do some do some things. And you wanna people you wanna, wanna, wanna look show the part. Off, you know, people wanna show that stuff off. But what I'm saying is, you know. After the first or second album, I'm like, all right, man, you got to give me something else, man. You got to right. give me something to go with because I can't live off of jewelry and cars. I just can't, right, right. You know, Again. Yeah. 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 How many times are you going to be in the club and just... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get it. You go to the club and you throw away $50,000. I get it. I understand. I can't identify with you because I can't do that, but but I get it. And after you've told me about it two or three times, I'm done. I'm done hearing it. I need to hear something else. Well, and the funny thing about it is that a lot of these, a lot of them are in a situation in which that money is is technically not even their money, it's it's a label's money. Yeah, there's still there's and, still a lot of deals like that. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and I don't know, and I don't know how many people are are going. I mean, I don't even know if you can now. I mean, I, you know, we talked about this before when you when you when you talk with me and my brother on two bros. Mm -hmm. But that are, are there? I mean, do you still need the, do you still need the record deal? No, to, to get your name out? Not at all, man. Not at all. I mean, to, to, to really break a record, you know, and to break an artist probably cost a good $150,000 if you want to be a well-known artist. Um, and that's, you know, that's records, that's studio, that's promotion, that's show, that's, that's moving around, traveling. You know, you're going to spend that. You're going to spend that kind of money. I know some independent artists that have spent a quarter million dollars in the last five years. And they're still not household names, but they make a living doing what they enjoy doing. You know what okay. I mean? They may not be, you know, multimillionaires, but they travel the world. They do what they love doing and they make a good living doing it. You know what I mean? As opposed to sitting behind a desk, you know, right. most, of these, most of these guys are making six figures a year, you know? Um, and that's cool for doing, for doing what you love doing. If you right. can make six figures a year, you don't have to be filthy rich, man, but you, you know, six figures is, is a good salary right. to do what you love doing. You know right. what I mean? Um, and for artists, that's, you know, six figures without having to spend your own money to travel, without really having to spend your own money on food. You know, like, because all of that's taken care of by promoters that, that right. pay for you to come do shows. You know, but, but man, they don't, an artist today doesn't need a major label, man. If, if you get a major label today, you know, they talk about these 360 deals where the label wants to have their hand in everything that the artist does. So I want a piece of your merch. I want a piece of your shows. You know, they want a piece of everything, you know. Um, and if an artist is going to sign a deal like that, then they have to get an advance that's so huge, you know, where it's going to it's not going to take away from from all of the other stuff that they're doing. Right. Um, and 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 I think that there are artists that are getting deals like that, like the babies. The, the baby's a, a, a very popular artist right now. He's probably one of the most popular ones. 
him and Little Baby and, and Lil Dirk. These guys got I'm, I'm sure these guys got great deals, you know, um, because most of these guys had a following before they even signed to a label. Right. Nowadays, that's what you got to have. You know, in the 90s and the 2000s, if you, you could get a deal just based off of, you know, um, an A&R person hearing you spit 16 or, or 24 or 32 bars. Right. Like, these kids nice to sign them to a record deal. Right. They're not doing that anymore, you know, because back then they had the budget to do the development of the artists. But nowadays, the labels are not doing that. They want to come to you when you already got a million followers. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? And, and say, look, we want to partner with you. Let's do a 50-50 deal or something like that. You know what I mean? Where we where we pay you X amount of dollars and we get a little bit of bread from you, but you don't really need them to do that, you know, because if you have a, a core following as an independent artist, you know, say you have 250,000 followers on Instagram, you right. know, you know, 100,000 of those or 50,000 of those are going to translate into hardcore fans that are going to come see you perform. Hardcore fans, dollars, right. They're going to buy your music. They're going to buy your merch. You don't need a label. You don't need them because that's all the labels did it for, for, for artists in the first place. You know, you, all you need now is a distribution hub. That's all you really need. You know, once you get a good distribution hub or a distribution, a label that, that, that focuses on distribution, then that's, that's, that's the key, man. That's the key right there. You know, build your own buzz, build your own fan base, right. do your own merch, you know, all of that stuff, man. Keep everything in-house. You know, and 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 keep the money flowing within your circle, man. You don't really need the label to do that anymore. Right, right. Do do, do artists do artists know that, or, or are artists still trying to seek the big money from from labels? Nah. Today's today's level of artists, man. They, uh, you would be surprised, man. The majority of them are independent. You know, and the majority of them enjoy being independent mm -hmm. because they don't have to answer to anybody. They can put out music whenever they want to. They don't have to. They don't have to worry about using the labels budget to do the right thing or whatever the case may be um they they can like, like i said they can put out music whenever they want to they don't have to ask somebody they don't have to wait for a specific release date they right. don't have to worry about the label saying no nah, we don't hear a hit single yet so we're not going to put it out like and end up getting their album put on the shelf like they don't have to worry about any of that man they, they, they they're taking their destiny into their own hands man you know and i and i love that that's the that that's the one part about independence as far as artists are concerned that I love. The bad part about that is that anybody can do it. And you get right. a lot of music that sounds the same. You got a lot of garbage, you know? right? Yeah, you get a lot of garbage, you know. Whereas in the 90s and the 2000s, you couldn't come out and sound like somebody else. Right. That was that was like a that was like a a, a, a mortal sin where it was like you can't do that. Right. You, would, or you would have automatically gotten blasted for doing something like that. Whereas today, a lot of these artists sound the same. You well, know? you also, I mean, artists back then also, I mean, are more than likely battle tested too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, 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 they had, you know, they, they had their battles with, you know, the dudes who had some, who had some skills on the corner and stuff like that. And, and they understood how to, how to distinguish themselves from that dude. And so Absolutely. as, as that crowd got a little bit bigger and there was some other dudes in there, they figured out how to distinguish themselves from this person. And, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, so when the A&R person heard them, you heard what was the, what was the cream of the crop? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The majority, like you said, of them were battle tested from all the major, major artists, Nas, Jay-Z, DMX, like all these guys were battle tested, man. They, 
they walk through the trenches and they battle people from different neighborhoods, from different hoods across the country. Wherever they went, they they battled somebody, and that honed their skills. You know that that right. honed their craft, and they got better and they got better and they got better. So by the time they started making records and they learned how to make songs, you know that was a totally different game for them. It was like right. because they were coming from a battle arena and they was like, wait a minute, we can do this by just doing three verses and 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 some and mm -hmm. a hook and make and make millions so for them it was like it was a no-brainer you know what right. i mean but if you listen if you listen to some of the old you know if you listen to some of those legends if you listen to some of their first albums like their first and second albums there was no format to that stuff man they didn't right. you know like you listen to jay-z's reasonable doubt there was right. no format there was man. no there format was no, to it, right yeah there was no format man he was just rhyming man he was giving you 26 years of his life on his first project yeah you know and there was no format to it at all by the time he got to the second and the third album then he started making those songs that you now right. hear to this day you still hear them on the radio you know what i mean but that first album man was just most of the time it, for most artists it was just them pouring out their heart because they had something to say they just wanted to be heard right you know what i mean and that's that's what it was about man. right yeah you're right some dudes are starting to like we got um you got guys like Geechee Dan who are, who are, who he's now putting together the uh, the museum and the archives and and his and his tapes. He's he's yeah. rolling out he's he's rolling out mm -hmm. his uh his his all the tapes he has. Yeah. Of, yeah. of dudes, which is a unique thing because I think it's just it's like it, like you and I know what they are. Right. Right. But somebody who's 21, 22 I have no, no idea what these yeah. no idea what these things are or how yeah. they even started or how they were even how yeah. they even came about. Yeah. That's why I can't wait until um I believe it's 2023 that the, the hip hop museum in the Bronx will finally be built. You know, they just okay. broke, they just broke ground on they it. They just broke ground, now. right. Yeah. Um and I think that's gonna be that's gonna be huge for hip hop because now people from across the globe have a focal point that they can go to the home of hip hop. They can right. go to the Bronx, New York, and they can go and they can check out this hip hop museum, you right. know, and they can look at, they can see these tapes, they can see these old flyers, they can see the old, the old fashion that people wore, you know, like they, they there's a, there's a, now there's a place, there's a hub that will have all of this stuff there for them, you know, and you're going to see LL Cool J's Kango, you'll right. see BMC's Adidas or their hats, you know, like all of that stuff is going to be there. You this, know, um, I just I just saw something where this is like the 25th anniversary of of uh, of DMC's. Uh, no, it can't be 25. Years. No, 35th, 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 35th anniversary. Yeah. Of uh, of DMC of DMC's album. Yeah, walk this uh, of, walk, walk this way. way album. I think that was on Raising Hell. Raising Hell. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, that's it's funny that it's funny that we're talking about Run DMC because I just bought some little figurines that they came out with some collectible ones uh and i just bought you know bought them and it's all three of them they're in a box they got the gold chain on with the oh really oh so, yeah yeah so i just i just bought those i mean for me that's you know that's history man yeah. you know that, that stuff you know like i like i have a collection of memorabilia that's ridiculous man like like i have a collection of magazines and newspaper article clippings and stuff from from the early 80s man you know what yeah. i mean um, and this is stuff that I that I just I just haven't had a chance to like put it together yet and put it someplace or put it on display or or anything like that. But it's stuff that I do have, you know, in storage, man. And it's like the history is what what it's all about. That's why I love what DT Dan is doing, man. 
because yeah. these the young kids might they might stumble across one of these tapes that he plays and say, "Yo, that was a nice routine. Let's recreate that." Right. You know what I mean? Let's recreate that and let's let's do it and let's bring in the artists who actually did that if they're you know God willing still alive and they can right. bring them in you know and make them a part of it. You know what I mean? A lot of these old legends, you know. They deserve that, man. You know, they they deserve that recognition, man, for 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 bringing this art form to light and 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 making it what it is today. Because without them, there would be no Drakes, there would be no Jay Zs, there would be no Nicki Minajs, there would be no Megan Thee Stallion. They would, you know what I mean? These artists right. wouldn't exist. You know, when when for you, when did this become uh, a passion for you? Like there had to be like an artist that you were attached to. There had to be a track that you were attached to that just that just hit you a little differently than than everything else. I think, wow, man. For me, it, it was everything that Run DMC and LL Cool J did because they were from our neighborhood. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so everything that they put out, I loved and and I automatically gravitated to. But for me, I think. I think when I think the first time I heard Rakim was when it it all changed for me. I was like, this dude right here is incredible. He's on a different wavelength than everybody else. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think that was the defining moment for me, where it was like, I mean, I think even before that, I had a defining moment that I loved hip hop, um, and, and I was always gonna try to be a part of it in some way, you know. Um, but but Rakim changed things for me. But if I can even go back a little further than that, before I even moved to Queens, I lived in the Bronx. I lived in right. Castle, I lived in Castle Hill Projects in the Bronx, and I remember seeing the guys with the iron-on letters on their on their shirts and the, okay. and the hats and the and the Lees and all of this stuff before I had even came to Queens. So when I first saw hip hop, I always felt like, wow, this is something different. You know what I mean? But I didn't know how different it was at the age of 11. It really didn't hit me until I moved to Queens mm -hmm. um, and 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 saw, you know, LL Cool J take off the way he did. Saw Run DMC take off the way they did, you know. Um, and then, like I said, Rakim stepped in, you know. But so it was, it was a culmination of everything from probably 1983 to 1988 that was you know yeah. the defining moments for me that made me feel like okay this art form is not going anywhere we're gonna be around for a while you know let me see how i can put my foot in there and and, and just try to be a part of it this i when when rock Kim came out there all of a sudden there became this sort of acknowledgement of like okay there's 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 now going to be levels to this yeah. like there's not like it's not just you're not just a rapper Right, you know, so okay, now now there are levels to this because he yeah he like yeah. changed language, he changed uh, yeah. he changed uh, syncopation. Yeah, um, there was th th there became this emphasis on timing. There yeah. became this emphasis on 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 lead and introduction. Like, there was like a musical sense to it. He he really yeah. did. He, he really did follow like a a, a, a more jazz and, and uh, a, a, a sense to to his um, to his lyrics. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it in many ways, you know, I. Everybody has these stupid lists as who's like who's the best and blah 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 and whatever. But I don't I don't think you have I think Rakim is like a he, he's a corner. Yeah. Like he's a corner. Like like thing, things changed when he when he exactly. came. Exactly. He was the first one to come out 
well, I can't say the first one to come out to do it because Run DMC were kind of like the first to do it, but Rakim shifted the industry. Yeah, yeah. He was the, I think he was the first one to shift the industry mm-hmm. because, and he was also talking, you know, he was also part of the 5% Nation of Islam. 5% so, language, right. So he was talking 5% language, so he was not only rapping, but he was enlightening you. He was giving you knowledge of self as you, as you listen to his music, and that had never been done before, you know, and, and he even talks about, you know, in, in some of his rare interviews, because he doesn't do a lot of interviews, um, you know, how he was a jazz musician, and he played the saxophone. So his his ideology going into making hip hop music was, well, let me look at this like a jazz, like a jazz note. Right. Let me look at this as notes. Let me see how many notes I can fit in the line, you know, or that, that sentence, you know, and make them rhyme. Let me see how many words I can fit in there. You know what I mean? And And that's genius at that time it was genius because nobody had ever done it before right you know what i mean um so yeah and then after that you saw people that came out that shifted the industry you know jay-z shifted things eminem shifted things 50 cent shifted things Mm -hmm. you know nelly shifted things yeah you know these were artists that came out and they ended up selling 10 million records or however many millions of records it was but when they came out their sound was so different that it shifted everything in the industry, you yeah. know, and at that and for for a certain amount of time, that was the focal point. They were the only person that people had their eye, on, you yeah. know, and that and that doesn't happen a lot. Every now and then it happens in hip hop, but it doesn't it doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't. Not only does it not happen a lot, but I think it doesn't. Ha- I think it's even more rare now. Yeah, I would think. So. I, would I think would, it's more rare now because if you're going to yeah. find it, like you said, if you're going to find them, they're they're more than likely going to be independent artists. Yeah, yeah. And and there there's not this as as you said, there's not this desire to sort of like once they seem to get their once they seem to get their ha- hands on how to run their business, mm-hmm. then they're just going to let that run, and they're not really enticed by the possibility of. You know, millions of dollars. Like you said, they're they're good. They, I, I have yeah. a living doing what I love. I'm good at it. I yeah. can co- I, I collab with these artists. I get to travel. I get to do everything like that. So this idea mm-hmm. of like extending where I am is really not. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not a thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I, perfect example. I, I did an interview with this guy named Annoy from Connecticut. Okay, um, one of my favorite MCs. You know, hands down. Um, but but he just signed to a label called ADHD. Um, it's sort of like a play on the ADHD, right. but it, but it's spelled out the word 80 and then HD gotcha. um, as in high definition. And and it and the label belongs to a guy named Chris Webby, who's a he's a he's a he's a he's a white boy rapper, but he's been out for well over 10 years, and he's got it down to a science. I mean, a science where he puts out his own music, he travels, his shows are always sold out. You know, he's got a die a diehard core fan base and annoyed signed to his label. So for another for an independent artist to sign to another independent, another independent. artist label, that tells you where where we're going as far as hip hop is concerned, right? Because because there's no need to have the major label that says, I want a piece of this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's just there's the, the only reason that you need a major label is if you're going to sign to a major, you're signing to them because because of the exposure that they can give you. Really, that's that's really why you're signing to them because they still have the power to give you 
exposure that you just can't get anywhere else. But I think I think Chance the Rapper proved that you can be an independent artist and you can still win a Grammy and you can still be known worldwide, right? Like he was he was one of the first to actually do that to to, right. to go out and win three Grammys, if I'm not mistaken, you know, um, as an independent artist without being signed to a major label, right? So that's where we're going. But there's always going to be the major. They got too much money to go anywhere. They're right. always going to. They're always going to. Universal's always going to be there. Interscope is always going to be there. You know, and there's always going to be artists that are going to sign to them. You know what I mean? But but I think those deals are becoming a lot more lucrative, and a lot less um, recoupable. You know, as far as money that mm. they have to recoup. You know, years ago it was always recoup. You know, you hear stories now. You hear stories now of artists that were signed to labels, and they're like, "I never got a royalty check." Never got a check. Yep. Yeah, I never seen a royalty check. To this day, they still say I owe them money, but I sold two million records. Like, come on, man! Like, seriously? And this is in a day and age when when CDs were selling for 15, 17, 19 bucks. Yep. And how how can you owe a label money if you sold a million copies? I don't. Yep. You know, it just never made any sense to me. You know, but at one point, yeah, the dream was to be on a label and now it's 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 not for a lot of artists it's not do they do independent artists make uh, any money from from streaming yeah they do they don't make what they should make you know i, I think jay-z said it best you know like he said youtube is the biggest the biggest culprit they only give you a tenth of what you're supposed to get you know and mm. and i think and, and you know spotify like all of these streaming services they give you like like zero 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 point four cents of a penny right per stream right when when single cassettes or single cds used to sell for anywhere from 99 cents to, to 2.99 or 3.99 right? right but but at that point they had to have they they did have to spend some money for overhead they had to make the cassette or they had to press the cd they had to print up the artwork and put it in the package they don't have to do none of that shit today. Right. They don't have to do none of that. The artists are doing all of that. They're presenting the music to you. They give it. It's already mixed down. You ain't got to pay for the engineer. They're giving you the artwork, everything. All you're doing is putting it on your platform, and you're paying me a portion of a penny for it. Right. But they make money, but they just have to stream a lot, man. You know, they have to stream a lot. You know, I think a million streams. No, what is it? I think I forget the number, man. I don't want to. I don't want to misquote it, but I. It's not a lot of money, bro. It's you yeah. know streaming. You know if you're if you're streaming a billion times, you're you're getting some money. But it's to me, it's still nothing compared to what the artist should get. Yeah. You know because we're giving you the music that's making your platform thrive. You know if anything, you should be getting the 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 quarter or the tenth of the penny that you're trying to give us. We should right. be getting the bulk of that. You know, right. and just for using your platform, you maybe should get, you know, 5%, you know, if that much. Yeah, I saw something where, like, it says, like, 80% 80, 80 of the music that's that comes through comes through streaming services now. Yeah, yeah. People don't even go to Apple, to the Apple Music Store and actually buy the artist. Yeah. Music. They think that when they're streaming the music for the artist, that the artist is getting paid X amount of money. A lot yeah. of people, most people don't don't look at this kind of stuff because they're not involved in the industry and they don't look at it from an artist perspective or like me from a journalist perspective or something like that. They just they just they just want to hear good. They just want to hear the music, right? Yeah, they just want to hear the music. 
They, they know what their best song is when they're in the club. They right. know what their best song is when they're cleaning their house. They know what their best song is when they're in the gym working out. That's they, that's all they care about. They don't right. care about the numbers behind it, you know? But um, I think a lot of artists are even trying to tackle that now. A lot of artists are trying to put their music in places where, okay, I have it on a streaming service, but they, they try to direct people to go to their website, you know what right. I mean? So they right. can buy it directly from them so they don't have to pay a third party. You know, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's where the industry is going. You know, I think it's going to get, I think it's going to get better for the artists as time goes along. But like I said, the majors are always going to be there because they have the visibility. They control the, they control the radio, they control the television, you know, they control the arenas where these, where these, you know, huge concerts and, and festivals are, 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 are done, you know? Um, yeah, man, it's just. You know, it's 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 crazy, man. The way the way the industry is going, but I think it's going to get better for the artists as time goes on. You know, and hopefully so, because you'd like to see guys. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like when you, you know, decide you're going to select a particular artist, or when you, you know, when you go on your streaming service and you say, "I like this artist," "I like that artist," you'd like to think that they're getting a couple bucks out of it. Yeah, you, you would. You'd like to you'd like to think that because you heard them. I played yeah. that song. I played that song twelve times this week. You'd like to think that they're getting a couple of dollars out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. I mean, that's you know, it's been going on since the beginning of the time. You know, the artist is always gets the short end of the stick. Gets short end of the stick, right? You know, somebody's always getting in the middle. Yeah, I mean, you go back and you look at Muddy Waters, you know, and what he did for the blues and and, yeah. and how. You know, everybody from the Rolling Stones to everybody after that copied that style of music. Elvis Presley, all these people, you know, took stuff from Muddy Waters and they took it and brought it to the masses and got rich off of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and it's like, you know, give credit where the credit is due, man. You know, give the artists the credit that they deserve. Give them the money that they deserve. And I think that's why the independent thing is such a big, huge thing now. You know, right. because you have, you have so many artists that don't even want to sign to a major label. They're like, no, I'm comfortable being an independent artist. I don't need your money. So what you're offering me, I don't need right. it. <laughs> it's almost like it's yeah, it's almost like a deal with the devil, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, you're gonna offer me 10 million. I'm already worth four million, right? Right. I'm so, four, four on my own. So what do yeah, I need? And then the next the next five years, I'll probably be worth 15 million. I don't need your I don't need your 10 million. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? All I need is your distribution hub. You know what I mean? If you if you can get me more shows in bigger arenas and things like that, you need you need a promoter, you know, promoters that can do that or, you know, you know, labels. Like I said, they can get you in a lot of places that an independent artist can't get, you know, like right. they can probably they can probably get you a special on Netflix, you know, or, or something like or a special on Hulu. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, as an independent, you might not be able to get that unless you put in a lot more work. Right. You know what I mean? So it's little things like that that I think, you know, I, I think, you know, the labels can still possibly give you. But I think that if you put in the work as an independent artist, man, you don't you don't need them. Man. You don't need them at all. Where, where can you go to find new music? Where Like if you just if you were just interested in it's like, man, I haven't heard new music in a while. Let me go here. Mm-hmm. Like, is there is there a. I, I or do you, or do you just or do you just find it? Or do you just I find it? Most of my stuff I find on Instagram or I'll find on TikTok. Like I'll just be scrolling through and I'll hear somebody start rapping and I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I like what they I like what they sound like. Let me go 
check out them on Apple Music and see if they got any other music out. I'm not a SoundCloud guy. I never have been. A lot of okay. people still search for music on SoundCloud. Excuse me. It's just never been my thing. Um, I like things that pop out at me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I said, if I'm just scrolling down my timeline and I see something on Instagram and somebody is rapping and they do 60 seconds and I'm, I'm encapsulated for that entire 60 seconds, I'm really into what they're doing. The next thing I'm doing is I'm getting off of Instagram and I'm going to Apple Music to see if they got some music out. Okay. You know, that's what that's what works for me. You know, um, but a lot of people they still do SoundCloud and Spotify. Playlists are really huge now, you know, playlists. Like they got uh rap caviar is a huge playlist. I believe it's on Spotify. Uh and, and that's if you can get on that playlist, you're quote unquote probably gonna be next to blow up. You know what I mean? Really? Okay. Um, so it's so it's it's playlists now. If you can get on some of the major playlists, then you know that's gonna give you a new audience because people listening to those playlists, they're listening to the Drakes and they're listening to Migos and they're listening to the Baby and they're listening to Little Baby and they're listening to Little Dirk. You know what I mean? They're listening to all of these artists that are at the top of their game right now. So if you're on that playlist with them, whoever's listening to their music is going to hear your music. Okay. So a lot of people go to the playlists. Yeah. And 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 is hip hop still a regionally defined art form anymore like you could like this is the music that's coming out of the south this is the music that's coming out of new york this is the music that's coming out of the west coast is is it is it still there or have we just like moshed everything together is is, is the sound it, it's still it's still regional it, it's still regional um I, I think we have a lot more hit artists from a lot of different regions now you know, whereas years ago, New York was the hub, like if you mm -hmm. weren't coming out of New York or or then when L.A., you know, when, when California took over, if you weren't coming out of Cali and then Atlanta took over, if you weren't coming out of Atlanta, you weren't hot. I think now, you you know, you have artists that are coming from everywhere, you right. know, um, and, and, and they're becoming major, major artists, you know, which is what it should be like. You know what right. I mean? I don't, you know, but I but I think it's regional because because hip hop is so regional. Hip hop is like I'm gonna represent my hood, I'm gonna represent my city, I'm gonna right. represent my town, and that's always been part of the culture of hip hop. So it's always gonna be, you know, you're always gonna see that. You right. know, you're always gonna see Megan Thee Stallion talk about I'm from Texas. The Migos are like, nah, we from Atlanta. You right. know, like, and they're gonna stand on that. You know, they're gonna stand on that, and they're gonna stand on it proud. You know, and I, and 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 that's just hip hop. But um, but yeah, man, you know. You know when when new york kind of lost the the, the the stranglehold on hip-hop when 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 los angeles you know when california in general took over you know in the early 90s you know um you know for a lot of years new york was trying to fight to to get that back there was only you know you know rockefeller records which was jay-z and then you had murder inc with ja rule and then you had 50 cent these were guys that were you know still holding it down for new york but then you had a whole bunch of other people coming out of the south man yeah you know that 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 ended up taking over the game in their own way outcast ti and you know goody mom and all these guys that, that came out of the south early on you know they changed the landscape of hip-hop you know what i mean and they were like yo there's there's something to be said in these other places in these other regions you know and um and now like i said you just see it it's widespread now you know where you can see you know a new york artist perform on the same stage as an artist from atlanta right. or you know somebody from from alabama perform on the stage same stage as somebody from memphis 
You know what I mean? Now, now you see that. You know, you see that happening more. And is that happening internationally also? Like, are there are are, are there artists? Because I, you know, I remember like the the, the time of the jazz artists and, and whatnot, in which they they really didn't uh, they really felt that they didn't have an appreciation for what they did. So they went overseas, and all of a sudden there was this attraction that they had overseas. Is that mm-hmm. does that same thing happen to some hip hop artists? Yeah, hip hop that, that they find love somewhere else. Yeah, any hip hop artist that you talk to, they'll they'll tell you they go they go to. Dusseldorf, or they go to Sweden, or they go to Germany. You know, they'll tell you that those people over there have a love for the craft of hip hop mm-hmm. that has been lost in the states. Like they really? still, they still love to hear your 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 boom bap hip hop. They're still big on lyricism. You know, they're still big on originality. And and you'll hear a lot of hip hop artists say they get so much love when they go to different to different countries. You know. Um, sometimes more love than they get in the states mm. you know um uh, and I, I think i think it's always going to be like that you know i know asia is really big you know china is really really big on on pure hip-hop you know what i mean that's why these artists that they're probably trying to steal it that's, that's probably what china's trying to <laughs> <laughs> i mean but that's why that's why you got artists who who haven't made a record in 20 years can still tour yeah. you know they can still go overseas and tour and sell out arenas, you know, or sell out shows, you know, in, in other places, man, where they can't get the same kind of love over here in the state. It's interesting because when you look at guys who are now starting to they're starting to get their their touring back up a lot mm-hmm. of and not just not just hip hop artists, too, but rock artists and R&B yeah. artists. Mm-hmm. The first track they hit is usually overseas. Yeah, man. Because yeah. they usually because it's 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 almost I heard somebody say that it's two things. It's number one, it's they know that that's going to be appreciated. Number two, it's like it's almost like a momentum builder because they know that there's going to be interest there, and then they come back in the states and then they deal with the shit they got to deal with in the states. Yeah. But it's almost like saying that what you just said. Like there's some parts that just don't have the same appreciation for it that yeah. that overseas yeah. does. Maybe because Absolutely. it's not theirs. Maybe because it's ours, and we kind of yeah. like take it for I granted. Think, I think that might be a little bit of it that you know it, it's coming from because. Because everything that comes from America, everybody wants to touch. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just, it's just the way it is, man. You know, and I think a lot of us that live in America kind of take that for granted sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially artists. You know, I think sometimes, you know, you know, they kind of take that for granted. Like, okay, I'm from America, but I get more love in, you know, Germany than I do, you know, yeah. in America. They kind of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of take that for granted, man. But, but that's always a check for them. They can always go over there and get a check. Mm-hmm. You know, they can always go over there and tour, you know, and, and and that's that's the beauty of it, man. That's the beauty, you know, the beauty of making a record 20 years ago, 25 years ago that you can still tour. Like I like I talked to, you know, Special Ed and, 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 and Special Ed, him and Kwame and Chub Rock and Moni Love, all of these artists that haven't really made a record or a hit record in over 20 years stay on the road. They stay on the road performing, man. Wow. you know so they're always getting a check you know what i mean and that's that's the beauty of this thing man that like some people who only were one or two hit wonders can still tour off of those one or two songs yeah yeah and make, and make a living yeah you know that yeah hip-hop's hitting this we're we, we're in this nostalgia stride now where where we want to hear like we want to hear the special ads and we, we still want to hear the chub rocks and even though if it's that one or two songs 
It's yeah. like we we still want to hear that. I'm yeah. kind of curious though because I don't I don't. I don't it, it seems to me that that the, the mainstream artists that are out now, that doesn't seem to be like a transferable thing. I mean, maybe it's because I'm at a, maybe because we're at a certain age, maybe because I'm at a certain age and I don't see that, but I don't see who that 25 year old is listening to now is going to have that same feeling when they're 50 and they, and that artist is now because, because the, 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 the packaging is so, is different. You know what I mean? Am I, am I making am I, am I, I making sense? Where, I get like where you're going. There's a lot of glue and glitter on it, and so for that thing to be the same, it's it's almost. I mean, it's almost gotta be tacky. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the same way it is for us, looking back at Public Enemy or Slick Rick or right. you know Chub Rock or Special Ed or whoever. It's gonna be the same way. Twenty years from now, you're gonna have kids who are big huge Migos fans right now and 20 years from now they're gonna want to go see the Migos. They're gonna see the Migos, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's just it's just we get older, we love what we love, we love what we grew up on. And it's just like our parents saying that same thing. We don't know what the hell you listen to. Exactly. And 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 that's what we're doing now. Exactly. Like for me, there's a few songs I think Migos is probably the second coming of one of the best groups in hip hop. You know, especially a trio. Especially a trio. Because it's hard to keep a trio together. You know yes. what I mean? From our generation, a trio would be two MCs and a DJ, right? Right. Because we always had the DJ. This era, you can have a trio like the Migos, and they pretty much changed the sound of music themselves. You know, a lot of people called it mumble rap in the beginning, but if you really listen to what these guys are saying, Migos really got something to say, man. You know, um, they may not be one of the groups that I per se want to go see in concert. You know, but I don't think I don't think I would have a terrible time if I did go see him in concert. Right. You know what I mean? But I'm still more prone to go buy a Jay Z ticket than I am to go buy a Migos ticket because okay. it's just my era. It's just what I came up on. You know, but but Migos got a song out now called Avalanche where they sampled uh, the Temptations. Papa was a Rolling Stone, and they really? did a, and they did a hell of a job, man. It was the, it's the first single off of their album, um, The Culture Three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, man, it, they did it. They did it. They did a damn good job, man. You know, and 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 for them to be able to do that, you know, go back to a '70s song like that and and make a and make a hit record out of it, you know, um, and put this generation onto something old, right. you know, that to me, right. that, they get kudos for that. You know, well, yeah, absolutely, because most generations don't go that far back, right. Right. They, they, and what's happening now with hip hop is you're going to and you're going to start to see it a lot more often. You know, all the stuff that we listened to in the in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 2000s, you're going to start to hear all that stuff get recycled. All mm-hmm. these hip hop artists, they're going to oh, start yeah. sampling. They're going to start sampling old Puff Daddy songs, old yeah. 50 Cent songs, you know, all this kind of stuff. They're going to start sampling and, and, and recreating all of this old music that we listened to 20 25 30 years ago it's going to all start recycling itself man. yeah no you're absolutely you're absolutely right and, yeah. and it's going to be people like us who are going to say no that's not <laughs> what that fucking was that's this that would ca- that came out in 2002 and <laughs> exactly we're going to be the old guys we're going to be the old guys you going to say you have no idea what you're talking about that song's yeah. not no that sample that, that sample came from this other song that sample came from George Washington Jr. 
Exactly. I can't. I can't wait, man. So my 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 eight and my ten year old daughter are like, "Daddy, this song," and I'll be like, "You know where that's from?" And they gonna say, "Yeah, it's from Puff Daddy." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. It's from it's from further back than that." <laughs> Who, who who have who have you who have you I mean you talk you you, you talked about Rakim have you, have you ever had a chance to see Rakim? I've never seen Rakim live, man. Okay. I would love to see him live, but I've never seen I've seen live like video of him. Right. Live, I've never actually seen him in concert. He's I'm, somebody that I would love to go see in concert. Yeah. I'm just I'm curious as to who because now you know as as I'm getting older I've you know I've had the opportunity to see. I saw the tribe. I saw tribe in concert. I saw um, uh, the the best concert I've ever seen in my life was Prince. I had I had a chance to see Prince in concert, okay. and so like it's it's Prince and everybody else is like fighting for for second place. Okay. Just for, me, for me, that was Michael. Place. For me, it was Michael Jackson. Oh, you I saw Mike? I saw Michael Jackson live in concert. Um, I actually, I actually saw him live in concert, but it was after. I think it was his last concert that he did with the Jacksons. I think it was 1984. Oh man, 1985. Yeah, you got I the real him. Michael Jackson. Yeah, I saw him at Giant Stadium. You got him. You got you got him before the knife. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and that was like, yeah, man, it was just it's, to this day, man. That was I, that was a concert that I went to when I was completely awestruck. Yeah, I remember sitting there and I could not move. I, I couldn't yell and scream and jump up and down and listen and dance to the music and recite the lyrics. I was just so awestruck to see Michael performing that I just sat there the whole concert and just watched. Yeah, you know. And to this day, it was one of the best experiences for me. For me. I mean, my first concert that I saw ever was the Commodores and Climax. Ah, yeah. So, meeting in the ladies' room. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, those, you know, seeing acts like that and then seeing what hip hop has become, man, is just, it, it's incredible that 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 we took, you know, music from those artists, those R&B artists, those soul artists, those rock and roll artists. Mm -hmm. We took stuff from them. We made it our own and we built an entire culture around it, man. Yep. To me, that's just incredible, man. You know? Yeah. And and it goes beyond. I mean, we, we're talking about the you know we're talking about the music, but it goes so far beyond the music. It 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 goes beyond. It, it goes to artwork and, and graffiti. It goes to fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it it go. I mean, it, there's so much that's encompassed with it. Yeah. I it's, mean, look at what look at what uh, Damon John from our from our neighborhood did. You know uh -huh. what I mean with Fubu. Like, look at uh -huh. what they did. Like. They were. It was them. It was Carl Kanai. It was Cross Colors. It was Walkaware. I mean, these are these are these are all guys from neighborhoods in New York City, man. And they just wanted a, they just wanted a chance to be seen, man. And, yeah. and, and they and they put together some fashion that ended up being global. Right. You know, it came from hip hop, started from the neighborhoods in New York yeah. or whatever, and it turned out to be global. Turned out to you be know? global, and and yeah. and it's and it's identified as it's it's. Hip hop slash urban exactly. connection. It it, yep. it it didn't transform into something else. It, it mm -hmm. always main it always maintained that. Yep. And and they've always they've always stayed in that path. They you know they've yeah. added they've taken away, but they've yeah. always stayed in that path. I think that's the yeah. impressive thing about that. It. Yeah, that authenticity was always something that they had to stand on. Mm -hmm. They couldn't make it and give it give it away to the hip hop community and the hip hop community embrace it 
and now you're going to take it and 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 make it into something else. Don't right. do that, right? Because we'll disown you real quick. Yeah, you know, and 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 I'm glad that they never did that. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, selling out or selling a portion of a brand so that you can be global is not is not selling out. It doesn't it doesn't change the integrity, you know, of the brand if you don't allow that to happen. Right. You know, um, and I think I think we can be proud that there were a lot of designers that did just that. You know what I mean? And that's why they can bring them back now and do retro stuff. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You know, that's what Damon and, and Alex and them are doing now. They're, they're doing retro stuff. They're like bringing FUBU back. But they also have FUBU suits and FUBU glasses and FUBU, FUBU suits, glasses, watches. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? But 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 they never sold the integrity of themselves. They never sold the brand so that somebody else has control over what the brand does. You know, they, they kept the integrity, man. And that, that says a lot. Yeah, it does. You know, it does. Especially when anytime we create something, there's always a power that be that comes along and says, hey, we'll give you this much money for it. If yeah. you're going to give us that much for it, how much is it really worth? Yeah. You always got to ask yourself that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You always got to be willing to ask yourself that, right? Yeah. Do you think the Hip Hop Museum is going to have a uh, a gray Sherling in it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I distinctly remember you having a, a gray Sherling. Yeah, she's Sherling. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think the hip hop museum is gonna have all of that stuff, man. I think I it's gonna so. have. Did, did, it's you, gonna have did you have? Did you have? Did you have the hood? I can't remember if you had the hood. No, I had. A, I had. I had the Kango at the time. I was, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, man. I think they're gonna have the, the 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 fashion that we wore. Like, I think artists will donate that stuff to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna see an actual Kango that LL Cool J wore. You'll probably see an actual pair of Adidas. That Run DMC wore, or an actual Adidas. chain that they wore. Some gazelles. Yeah, the gazelles. You're gonna see that. You're gonna see the the sheepskins, the shirlings, the leather bombers, the the lees, the the playboys, the wallabies, mm -hmm. the British walkers. You're gonna see all of that stuff, man. All of that stuff, because if they're gonna do it right, they have to do it right. Yeah. You know, and if you're doing this in the Bronx, the home of hip hop, and you don't do it right, the public is gonna call you out on it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? They're going to call you out on it. Like, wait a minute. We didn't do that. That's not what we did. Okay. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, they, they're going to have to do it right. They have to. Yeah, man. Yo, KB, I appreciate you taking some time, man. It was good catching Thank up you, with man. you, man. Thank you for... Uh, I, dude, just keep doing what you're doing, man. And and and, and I, hope it, I hope you do keep it going and keep bringing us those new artists, man. I love it. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me, man. Anytime you push the button, man, I'm I'm there, man. I'm gonna answer the call, man. I appreciate it, brother. Let me know when you are in, uh, when you come up to uh, Jersey, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to hang out. All right, absolutely, we'll do. Be good, brother. All right, same to you. Peace. All right. this conversation a couple days before the passing of the legendary Biz Marquis. Uh, rest in peace, sir. Thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, there was a time when hip-hop was a lot of fun. And uh, Mr. Biz Marquis, you were one of the reasons why hip-hop was a lot of fun. Thank you a lot for your contribution, sir. As for KB's contribution, you can check out his articles and interviews on Validated Magazine, as well as 89.9 FM. And please head on over to Spotify where you can download the Essence, hosted by KB Tendo, also on other podcasting platforms. Thank you so much, KB, for taking time out. 
All the best to you, brother. We'll catch up. And you are making hip-hop proud, indeed. Anchor.fm slash John's Lonely slash support. For as little as 99 cents, you can help me keep John's Lonely podcast going. Thank you so much for your support, and thank you for listening. In the meantime, peace.